Welcome, 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 powerful listeners to another episode of the Powerful Inc. Startup Stories podcast. We are going to go on quite a wonderful adventure today with my dear guest, Jillian Abbey, the CEO of Storyteller Soul. So Jillian's story comes from this, um, you know, very happy, fulfilling, white picket fence type life, but she was living with a truth that hadn't come to surface yet until she reached almost 40, which is more or less present time. And if you're living with something inside that's not fully expressed, it can, I don't know, be constricting. And so I just love that she had the courage and the bravery and the certainty of herself to finally declare that she was gay as she approached her 40th birthday. And there's so many parallels that I see in how this can, because it's such a, a new opportunity in how you're going to experience your life. And starting a business can be like that too. And in, in Jill's case, this led to a whole new dimension that she could play in and express herself in and release everything that had, hadn't had a chance to exist really in her life so far. So she's written a book that comes out at the end of April, um, April 23rd, 25th. 25th. Yeah. And so it's called Perfectly Queer. And in her words, and in the bio for the book, um, Perfectly Queer takes the reader on Jillian Abbey's poignant and painfully funny roller coaster of self discovery as she identifies and eventually accepts herself as a lesbian just before her 40th birthday. Living with her new truth means leaving a life behind that by societal standards is nearly perfect. She had a happy 20-year relationship with her college sweetheart, two wonderful kids, and a rescue cat, hence the white picket fence reference. They also ran a very successful mom-and-pop business in Florida, and everything just looked perfect from the outside. But what Jillian is on a mission to do now is remind us that if you're hiding a piece of yourself, it's safe to reveal it. And it's safe to say yes to you, even when you have uh, like family structures and communities and different things around you, because you don't know what you're saying no to by saying yes to something that's not actually a yes. So we're going to talk about all of this and the transition of running a business to starting a business and and all of the behind the scenes things of being a startup all over again. And so without further ado, I just really am honored and um, excited to welcome Jillian Abbey, the lesbian. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> to the show. Well, not to be dramatic, but like I just, I, it's so symbolic to just say, fuck yeah, I'm doing this. This is, yes. you know, it's what's happening because in business we'll hedge and hedge and rah, rah, rah. And just tear it all apart and go for it. What have you got to lose versus what have you got to gain? So take us through that, right. Jillian. And well, well, thank you. Thank you so much, Mia. And I have to say, I absolutely love that your intro, yes, I came out as a lesbian. Yes, I love to shout lesbian from the rooftop. But my messaging and kind of what I've learned through this whole process is not, it, not that, wow, everyone might be gay. That's not the message. Yes. 
It's right. the fact that life can be good mm-hmm. and also not feel good. And that um, a lot of people feel like they can't start over because, well, things are already good. How could they get better? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really think that that what I've learned through everything is, yes, things are good, but I knew I wasn't in alignment with myself. And I was amazed that when coming out, it wasn't just coming out for me. It wasn't just coming out because, oh, I want to be in a relationship with a mm-hmm. woman instead of a man. It mm-hmm. affected every single aspect of my life from those money blocks that mm-hmm. I had been working on for decades and reading every book of like, yeah. why am I not bringing more to how I parent, my friendships, even my energy that I put towards my business completely shifted. Mm-hmm. Once I came out and said, this is who I am. And I love all of the pieces of me now. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we all maybe have parts of ourselves that we can't easily fall in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So but we welcome accept. to my story. But we accept Sometimes. them, right? Or work to, or just appreciate that they're there. Like right. a box of stuff in the attic in storage like it's still part of the whole thing and so right we we bring it with us so this is just it and and the the beautiful parallels of saying that deeper yes and opening up um what reveals as a result of that mm-hmm. is such a sort of like unlimited application to really getting to know yourself and then having the decision and the um, comfortable discomfort to pursue it because that's not, you know, some things that we do and say regardless um, of what they are will start a new trajectory that you can't kind of put the brakes on like oh no I take right. it back like, yeah <laughs> no never mind right I, I, I talk about that in the book okay. I mentioned it as like this was a point where an irrevocable shift yes. was about to occur so yes. me coming out to my husband I knew would fundamentally whether we decided to stay together or mm-hmm. not Mm-hmm. it was going to cause a shift in our relationship. Yeah. And I yeah. think those are the points in our lives where things get really scary. Um, but I was thinking about this the other day too. So when I was a little kid and, you know, in, in school, they say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a trapeze lady. Right. And um, I kind of feel like I have stepped into that role, metaphorically yeah. speaking, because yeah. it's like the thing that's great about a trapeze artist is not them standing on the platform holding onto the bar. Mm-hmm. It's when they finally leap. Let go. And that's what's mm-hmm. amazing. And I think too, so many times, even in our businesses, like we want the greatness. We want the wow. We want people to go like, look what they did. But you have to get off the platform for that to happen. There's nobody who's done a wow moment where there was no fear or no risk involved. Well, and and fear, right? This idea of fear. (laughs) I'm so over that word. I know. I know. Me too. In the sense of like, it's just the unknown and we're not going to die. And 
the fear of staying the same versus the fear of change, which change happens anyway. So, you know, how can we practice letting go? Because a trapeze artist will practice over a net, will practice for, you know, months on end. The, the training regime is not what we experience when we go to Cirque du Soleil or Comparable. Right. <laughs> yeah. That is the result. And these micro yeses that we say along the way come and culminate to bigger yeses. And then we have something to present. But even at that, that trapeze artist that we see in on stage may be worrying about falling because it practiced the day before they fell like every single time or something like that. So those parallels then. So let's go through how your life started to shift. You ran a business before you're, you've started a new business, you released a book and it seems like that might've been the first piece of the business or blogging or just finding a new way to express yourself that you hadn't previously. Well, I have um, one of the weirdest resumes ever probably. Uh, I went to college and got got my degree in business, started as a certified public accountant with one of the big four accounting firms. Mm -hmm. I was auditing a coal mine um, and kind of looked at my life and said, this is not what I want to do with the rest of my life. And so I left that career and put my CPA license in the garbage and became a licensed massage therapist. Okay. The shit, the shift that nobody saw coming. Um, <laughs> the first one. Instead of crunching that. numbers, you're rubbing right. muscles. I don't right. know. <laughs> and, and um, but really like I've always had the entrepreneurial bug. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I knew also that as a CPA, as an auditor, I didn't want to run my own auditing practice. Mm -hmm, massage therapy though I've always been interested and I said well you know what I know a a ton of stressed out accountants right now maybe this is the next right step it felt Mm -hmm. like the next right step to me Um, and so I did I opened my own um, massage therapy practice Um, I was a consultant for hotels that wanted to train their massage therapists as well Mm. Um, and it was good you know, but it was my, it was my small micro go at business while I was still, you know, raising my child and supporting my husband and his career. Um, we then at one point we decided that, uh, the craft beer scene was blowing up in yeah. Florida. Um, funny enough, I'm not actually a beer drinker. Uh, <laughs> I'm more of a kombucha person myself or cider. Um, but we said, wow, this is a great opportunity. And it was something my, my ex-spouse really had a passion for. And so we opened up kind of a unique new idea for a craft beer bar in Tampa Bay. And mm-hmm. it went great. Like I said, we were rated one of the top mom and pop shops here yeah. in the area, which the term makes me cringe now because it just by its definition, it excludes uh-huh. any, any single business owners, any, right. any queer couples that run a business together, but that's a whole aside. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we did that. And then through that process, uh, is the point where I realized like, wow, I'm gay. I don't want to mask this anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm being deceitful in my relationship. So mm-hmm. I came out to him and, um, and as you were talking about, you know, how trapeze artist practices, 
before I made the decision to come out to him and have that big shift, um, and this is another chapter in the book, uh, I, I wrote all of the scenarios that I thought could happen if okay. I came out to him. Mm -hmm. From my best case scenario right. of I come out to him and he says, well, I'm gay too. And we <laughs> both go to pride together. That didn't happen, spoiler alert. Uh, to the worst case scenario that he says, get the F out of my house. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a go buy bag packed with some cash mm -hmm. in case that was the end. I didn't think at all that that sure. would be the result, but I wanted to make sure I was prepared, you know, like the trapeze artist, you want to make yeah. sure that whether you fall or you fly, you know, mm -hmm. what, how to handle it. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we eventually arrived at the conclusion that divorce was the right thing for both of us to do. And at that point, we had to co-parent our children. And for the piece of that, I said, mm -hmm. you know what? I don't think we should run this business together anymore. Okay. And craft beer is your passion. You know, you, you can, it's yours and mm -hmm. I'll figure this out. Mm -hmm. And so on the side, I had always been um, kind of doing copywriting for companies. I had a, I, it started out with a friend who was like, Hey, I'm a kombucha brewer and I need a label for my bottle. Can you just mm -hmm. write something? Mm -hmm. And I said, sure, I don't really do this, but if you like it, pay me. And if yeah. you don't, no hard feelings. Okay. Um, and she liked it. And so I just started with her business. And then her graphic designer said, well, I have another client who's looking for help with words. Mm -hmm. And so always, you know, for over a decade now, I was helping small businesses craft words, whether that was for a wrap for their van Okay. advertising or okay. blogs or their web, whatever they needed. Okay. Um, Small, specific right. marketing language right. for products. Yeah. Yes. So basically what, what copywriting is now. So I kind of started as a copywriter inadvertently without even realizing mm -hmm. it without, I had to, I remember Googling what copy, yes. um, what copywriting was when somebody yeah. first mentioned it. Um, because I didn't even know. They're like, oh, you're a copywriter. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah uh -huh. sure. <laughs> I think uh -huh. so. Um, so anyways, so when I left the bar business, I was already changing every aspect of my life anyways. And I said, you yeah. know what? I, I want to figure out, I love writing. Mm -hmm. I am in my happy place when I write. If you ask me, hey, Jill, you have free time. What do you want to do in your free time? I want to write. Yeah. by my pool with an iced coffee. Um, Lovely. And so, yes. And so it, it was amazing because at the same time that I consciously said to myself, I want to write, this feels good to me. This feels right. Clients started finding me. Mm. I've never had to advertise my business. And I know that's kind of a, a unique gift. And I may have to in the future. Mm -hmm. I just haven't yet. Um, but clients have, have always found me. And what I really love now is I realize I don't actually enjoy copywriting. Mm -hmm. I love storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I think it was fitting that I named my business Storyteller Soul back when it was a copywriting thing, because okay. I think intuitively I knew where I wanted to go with it. So now most of the writing I do is for corporate executives um, who want to connect better with their people and share mm -hmm. their mission and vision, but in a very tangible way. Mm -hmm. 
And so I take their personal stories, I take their business struggle stories, and I mm-hmm. tie that to the messaging that they want to convey um, so that they can reach their associates um, in a more compelling way. So there's so much fun juiciness in the shaping to who you are today and what you just shared. And as a, I think I'm a systems and structure person now mm. moving into a more flowy, creative side and bringing those two pieces together. And, you know, with your CPA background, moving to massage therapy, there's elements of that same thing where oh, yeah. <laughs> you get things done and you have the hard skills, but then you also have this nurturer, um, healer element, softer side, and you kind of put them together because it sounds like the massage was actually more about, you know, empowering, training others rather than practicing on specific, like one-on-one people. And now how you just described your writing business is that same element of marrying two, um, sort of different fields that don't often cross over, but need a bridge. And then in that comes this um, stronger ability to relate to people, right? And bring a little more love in and a little more sunshine in. So um, that's really, really wonderful. And the seeds were planted because of that kombucha friend, like that is right. so fantastic, right? Before even your bigger realizations came, things were coming to you to lay the ground for what was next. Right. And that's why I I loved writing my book so much. I never set out to be an author. I always call myself okay. an, ac- an accidental author. Okay. Um, my life just felt stranger than fiction at okay. that point when I was going through my coming out process. And so mm-hmm. I was writing it down. Okay. And um, yeah, as you said, it was fascinating to have to sit down and look back at my life in retrospect and say, wow, it all fit. I see how it fits mm-hmm. together now, because mm-hmm. as I was going through it, and I'm sure there are people who can relate to this, I felt like I was always seeking, like right. I always was looking for the piece. Mm-hmm. Where did I belong? Mm-hmm. What was the right job for me? And because my industry experience was like a giant pendulum swing between the Mm -hmm. black or white world of accounting to massage therapy, which is very intuitive and energetic and, um, you know, and then going into the craft beer business and then writing for companies that ranged from kombucha brewers to um, CRM systems to sustainable fish farms, cannabis growers, estheticians. I mean, you name the industry and I was like, I got you. Um, It didn't make sense to me for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I realized that what it did do is give me a very well-rounded and holistic experience of what it's like to walk in other people's shoes. And it's actually made me the perfect copywriter or the perfect writer because it's made me a stronger communicator and it's allowed me to meet people where they are instead of trying to force my words on them or they're trying to force their words on me. Like, what do you need to hear? And how do we need to have this conversation so that it feels right to both of us? Um, and what lessons, what love can be shared from, yes. from this message coming out? So what is yes. the intent of the message? 
and what is the the because sometimes we can get really tongue-tied with ourselves when we know what we want to say and this is where you reference the quote from Brene Brown that I'll bring in now one day you'll tell your story of how you overcame what you went through so it will be someone else's survival guide and so what you're describing Jill is this element of helping people articulate that in a meaningful way to reveal themselves right but with with a purpose in hopes of reaching somebody else who needs it at that point in their journey right and so while powerful yeah and while executive storyteller is the way that I pay the bills nowadays Mm -hmm. really my passion project and where I commit myself through my book and my blog and um and my own podcast is I, I love the fact that you mentioned love because that is the foundation of all of it. When I've looked back Mm -hmm. at everything, it's like people just need to feel loved, whether for themselves or or elsewhere. And so many of the conversations that we're having now that don't go anywhere is because they're not rooted in love. We're not looking for a solution. We're just looking to spew our words out. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and I get it because trust me, every time before I hit post on social media, I have to be like, Jill, is this loving? And sometimes (laughs) it's not, sometimes it's me just being snarky and, Mm -hmm. um, and I have to say, okay, I don't, I don't know if this really feels aligned, you know, Mm -hmm. because we're human. Also, there's sometimes Mm -hmm. we just want to prove a point or like, ha ha, I got you with that. Um, but really I do try and, and remember often that like, unless it is rooted in love, it's not going to have the intended um, effect that you would like. And so really, I think my goal now is to create more spaces where we can have conversations, have the difficult conversations um, and that they can be heard. And that came through in my own storytelling with my book, but also I try and support other writers and, uh, and other people who maybe never considered writing, but it's like your story really could be so beneficial to others out in the world so that they would feel less alone. Um, you this have a very, it. yeah. yeah. So that because what, again, Brene Brown, right? She's a wizard. Yeah. What we go through, <laughs> it is for us, but it's also like with greater knowledge comes greater responsibility to share that. And so, yes, we're looking for more love, but also in our individuality, we're also looking to know that we're not the only one. Yes. And I <laughs> felt comfort I, of like, yeah. you know, being able to connect to somebody else with a relatable experience. Right. And so me coming out as a lesbian at 38 years old, and um, I didn't come out because I met anyone. I came out in in a craniosacral therapy session. So that was just me realizing to myself that Jill, you can't hide the gay any longer. Like it's there, accept it, love it, and let's move forward. Um. And there goes my thought train. (laughs) No, anyway, so... uh, it's a Goodness. connection to oh, others, right? Yes. Where we're... Right. So I, I was convinced that I was the only 38 year old right. person who had ever come out ever. later in life. And this was like, yeah. this was before yeah. Glennon Doyle's Untamed came out. Yeah. Um, 
it's your experience, right? There's no judgment, right. but we all, we all kind of feel like I must be the only right. one. Right. It, it was me. It was me and Elton John. I was like, <laughs> Elton John was in a heterosexual marriage and he is probably one of the most secure examples of fully leaning into queerness that I've ever seen. So me mm-hmm. and Sir Elton. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately I didn't find a lot of other ties between our life except for that. And so right, it yeah. did feel very lonely. We'll be able and, to call him and just be right, like, hey. <laughs> hey, it's Tiny Dancer here. I need some help. I just need a shoulder. Um, right. I'm going to cry in your sequins. Yeah. Um, but so me putting my book out there actually has very little to do with me because yeah. I know my story. I don't, you mm-hmm. know, um, and there's the, the misconception sometimes that being an author is just going to make you rich. Like mm-hmm. you have a book out there and you're mm-hmm. It's Amazon bestseller. Here comes right. the world. Yeah. It, it helps. And I will say, you know, my book hit number one on LGBTQ uh, memoir and biography, new releases, mm-hmm. like right when it went for pre-sale and I was stoked. I'm like, yeah, fabulous. Congratulations. Like, it's, now, it's now ranked at like 2 million amongst all the books mm-hmm. on Amazon. But, but so I was excited. And even of still, course. I know that the mm-hmm. book is not the book, the whole plan of the book was not because I was like, I need to make money. It's because I knew once I came out, the amount of people who in turn came out to me privately Mm -hmm. was astounding. Mm -hmm. The closet is Mm -hmm. full. Mm -hmm. And so I said, if I can take this step forward and put myself out there so that the next person doesn't feel like they have to hide or they know it's safe to be this part of themselves I'm going to do it and also I have children and I have a responsibility to them too I can't preach to my kids be yourself I love you exactly the way you are if you're not but mom is gonna mask Mm -hmm. because I I am scared that the world may not accept me yes so there's, you know, there were a lot of re- reasons of why I put perfectly queer out there, but, but most of them had nothing to do with me. And so you had said that you had been journaling, recording the experience as it happened. And was that, does that translate into the book or was that heavily edited? Um, so this is the really interesting part is that, so I used to feel like things would come to me in divine downloads. Yes, and I've never yeah. been a religious person. I wasn't even very much a spiritual person, okay. but I was feeling so low and so lonely in my coming out process that I connected with a group of spiritual women online. Right. And I just was like, okay, I feel a little bit more held right now. Yeah. But I would wake up in the morning before the kids would get up and I would pull mm-hmm. out my journal or I'd pull out my laptop and these memories would just come to me of either things that had happened in the past week or the past month. um, And it would just flow out and I'd write it. Um, Very, there was editing that happened in the book for sure. Um, I think I wrote a total of 50 chapters. They were written asynchronously. So it's like, as the memory came to me, as the thought came to me, I would write them. And then I used a, a writing program called Scrivener which okay. allows you yeah. to reorder the chapters very easily, right. uh, much more so than like Google Docs or Microsoft Word. Yeah. And so Scrivener allowed me to take all of my thoughts and put them in chronological order. Okay. But then what I realized 
before I um, submitted my book proposal is that uh, there's a quote I love from Nadia Bowles Weber that, um, and she's a preacher and she says, we need to preach from our scars, not mm. from our wounds. So you need to do mm -hmm. some level of healing mm -hmm. before you can effectively share your message. Mm -hmm. And so I went back through and I read the chapters where some of them were very much uh, an open wound mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. read that way. There mm -hmm. was a lot of um, raw emotion to them, but not in a good way, in a very kind of chaotic, I'm still trying to figure this out way. So it, there was a process of kind of editing down the chapters. And then uh, I, at the urging of my friends in the spiritual women's group, um, and I have a life coach who is phenomenal. I, they, they both said, I think you need to submit this to, to Hay House in the writer's mm -hmm. contest. And I said, hey, Hay House doesn't do a lot of memoirs. Uh, mm -hmm. I couldn't find any books in their library that were like openly LGBTQ subject matter books, even though they've always supported queer creators. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just said, this book doesn't stand a chance. This is not their usual fare mm -hmm. of what they offer. Um, and it won. And I was <laughs> completely Amazing. flabbergasted. Uh -huh. I mean, when, when I saw that Reed Tracy, the CEO of Hay House, had called my phone and left a voicemail. I thought that my credit card had expired and it was just some <laughs> auto message that was saying like, hey, we need your updated credit card information. Right. Um, but he, he said, no, you won. And- um, Amazing. Gosh, because what an- yeah. Because of the energy in this, right? Because of everything we've right. talked about so far of what this represents and, and how it can serve and how it's- yeah not even well I don't want to downplay any part of of the coming outside but that it is just about the yes to yourself no matter what right and what I thought was great about the conversation with Reed is that he mentioned that Louise Hay the founder of Hay House has mm -hmm. always been supportive of the LGBTQ community mm -hmm. through the work she did with AIDS charities and other sorts of outreach work and giving them a platform and, um, and obviously Louise has since passed away and he said, we want to carry on her legacy. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so while I almost didn't enter the contest because I said, this isn't what they do. I wasn't realizing that their company is evolving too. Yeah, they right. could create a space for me. And so I think that was a really important lesson to learn too, is just because this is how things are now mm -hmm. in business or in life or in your family or whatever doesn't mean that they have to stay that way going forward. Like maybe you are going to help them forge the new path. Yes. Um, and, and if you don't we... ask, you don't seek it, you'll never right. know. Right. So if it's a closed door already, there's no harm in knocking on it because sure. there just won't be anything. And then you can have peace of mind and say, okay, it wasn't a thing. Right. But if it's perceived because you made a decision for Hay House that your book wasn't for them yeah and they were like um actually thanks we're like really reputable and we know what we're asking yeah. are for us but that's cute <laughs> right well and it's funny getting back to our, our trapeze artist reference mm -hmm. what I've realized so most trapeze artists have a net under them and what yes. I've realized that in life that net is community and yeah. had it not been for that spiritual women's community, had it not been for my life coach saying, you need to do this, 
Like mm-hmm. stop being scared to knock on the door. Stop being scared to try. Stop coming up with every obstacle, every way that this could not work. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all you're providing. Just try. <clears throat> and I'm I'm eternally grateful to them yeah. and for their support because you know, we as humans, we're not meant to be alone. We're mm-hmm. not meant to, we need community. We need other people to, to lean on. And that's why I love your business so much too, in this podcast, because it, it's creating community among mm-hmm. people who will thrive in such a greater level, just by hearing each other's stories, leaning on yeah. each other, asking questions, knocking on doors and seeing what opens. Yeah. And, and being able to be shown who you are through the eyes of others. Yes. Oh, so they can remind because in the solopreneur world and, you know, working online, I'm, I'm like in a 32 square foot little space off the bedroom in my, my home office. And this is like my sanctuary, but it's also isolating and I can forget what's going on in the rest of the world without more human connection. Right. So finding that gives us fuel to keep going and, and introduces new opportunities. Like if Hay House had never even been on your radar, this -hmm. would have been a huge missed opportunity. And the other, now all the things that are coming out of that, that we can shift into, um, is, you know, you, you reference that in the marketing. So I'll just get all excited, get get a little context from pursuing what you thought was a dead end and submitting to Hay House is now bringing forth entirely new waves of opportunity and wisdom as you continue to progress. And, you know, just to make it clear and heard, you have a copywriting business that pays the bills and you're growing this business as a passion and a service to help and empower others and to coach others and to be that witness and, right. and source of comfort and um, you know provide some guidance and relatability to vulnerable situations for others. <clears throat> and so you have a a little, I, well, I'm going to make some assumptions that with money coming in to pay bills, it gives space for creative and heart-centered service. And now with the book coming through Hay House, you're getting like more mentoring is where I'm going with all of this in reference to um, where you write about uh, one of the authors at Hay House, Rachel Peterson, <clears throat> giving advice around how to show up on social media and coming out of your vulnerability hangover. So listeners, she's got a blog from February called the vulnerability hangover. And, and when you expose yourself, then you kind of want to run away and hide because now you're like really out there and right. people are going to approach you in that new awareness and knowledge of you. And it can be a bit intimidating. So, yeah, well, and you, to be fully transparent, um, in all that I have gone through in the past few years with coming out, going through my divorce, you know, mm-hmm. us collectively going through COVID, mm-hmm. um, shifting my children <sighs> from homeschooling to then private school back to public school. Like there's been a lot of changes right. in my life, yeah. but only just recently, it was actually just uh, like two weeks ago, I had my first panic attack okay. and I didn't realize that it was even a panic attack. I didn't know what was happening. I was actually, it was 
right before I was supposed to go on to another podcast and I was taking a shower and kind of collecting my thoughts Mm -hmm. and my, my chest clenched up and I started crying uncontrollably. And I just felt like I couldn't get enough air into me. And, and in my rational mind was saying, Jill, you, you love, like, look at your life right now. It's freaking amazing. You have everything going for you. You love podcasting. You love talking to people and connecting with people. What is going on? And we, you know, we talk about the power of vulnerability and how good it is to be open and out there, but it is always a risk. And mm-hmm. so it caught up with me. And so it is something. And, and the reason why I say this is because sometimes we always, we also talk so much about the good of things yes. and leave out the ugly little warts. Yes. And so I have become very aware and through following Rachel Peterson's social media as well and the struggles she had um, around the time of her book launch, I've realized how much I need to be very conscious of how much I'm exposing myself, how much I'm putting myself out there, mm-hmm. how um, not how vulnerable I'm being, but who I choose to be vulnerable with. Yeah. And, um, and so it is a, it is a learning process and it is really exciting. And I love how the pieces of my, my business that pays the bills and then my passion projects, they really do intertwine so much. I mean, there's so much passion in my business. And then there's so many things I've learned from the companies and people I've written for that has helped me tell a better story or me connect better with others um, in through my blog, Queer Abbey, or through my um, podcast, or through, uh, I'm also on the board of a nonprofit here in Florida um, called Tampa Bay Homeschool Inclusive Events. And we hold proms and fall dances and things for, for all middle schoolers and high schoolers that maybe have felt pushed out of their Mm -hmm. school space because of their gender identity or their um, who they're in a relationship with Mm -hmm. or their skin color or their abilities. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just inclusive events for all where everyone can feel seen and welcome. But yeah, it's a lot of irons in the fire right now. And, um, and as much as I, I want to always be pouring myself into all of them, Um, I'm also realizing that I mm-hmm. need to take a more conscious effort of where I need to pull back and prioritize. It's, this is so beautiful because it's true. We get um, introduced or like we open up new doors and open up new portals to what our reality and our life experience can be. And then it's very stimulating and exciting. And, you know, it's like having Disneyland to yourself and you want to do it yes. all. And then you eat all the teacups and then you're like vomiting over those exactly right and then it's like oh shit okay let me just kind of get my bearings here and you know we can't see what's coming but we can lead ourselves as we grow through things and kind of uh, what like stay anchored in some groundedness and say, okay, it doesn't all have to happen at once. I don't have to yeah. go from one end of the pendulum to the other. And right. we we can only figure that out by doing it and learning it. 
Right. But, you know, what's a great lesson and a great share from this part of the conversation for sure is that as more things come, just stay curious and, you know, floaty with them and you don't have to, to rush or, or anything like that and, and just continue to explore it and lead yourself through it um, and see where it goes. And like, don't kind of get in too, too deep and don't say no to things, but that as new things come, there's time to explore them and, and time to figure out what they're going to mean for you. And this is a big thing of like how you reference your social media, you know, where we said, do this, do this, the algorithms, da, da, da. And then you're like, well, mm -hmm. here's how I want to do it for me. So yes, there's all right. this available information, but at the end of the day, I have to make the choices because they, they impact right. my life. Right. And I think that's a really important question for everyone to ask themselves regularly in business mm -hmm. is, am I doing this because this is what I want to do? Or am I doing this because I feel like this is what I should be mm -hmm. doing? Because I think a lot of times we work towards the should yeah. and it doesn't feel good to us. And those aren't usually the things that work out really well. Mm -hmm. And not everything is going to feel good to us too. So no, there's sometimes a totally. gut check of like, yeah. Um, you know, that, you know, it's the right thing to do. You just don't want to do it because it's hard. Yeah. Um, but where, where I see that showing up right now is I think there's so much emphasis on, you know, create your six figure business, create mm -hmm. your seven figure business and money is great. And I, and I subconsciously like on the side have always been curious about rich people and like how much money is enough. And mm -hmm. is there a relationship between having more money and having more happiness. Mm -hmm. And I haven't really seen any solid examples of that yet. I've, mm -hmm. I've come to the conclusion that money is great because more money means more options. Mm -hmm. And yes. we like having options. Yes. I've also realized that I really though value flexibility. And yeah. so now when I'm trying to make decisions in my business. I try and ask myself, does this support what I value most, which is flexibility so that I can be with my partner, Jen, so that I can be with our children um, mm -hmm. so that I have time for myself, mm -hmm. or am I just doing this because I want to pad the bank account a little bit more yeah. and then I'm just going to go blow it on a sushi dinner anyways. Like, <laughs> you know, like what am I doing this for? Yes. And so, um, and I don't want anyone to take that the wrong way too, because if you are uh, lacking money, if you are struggling to get by if you're paycheck to paycheck bringing in more money so that you can get to a level of comfort is important it's part of that um, why for it that is person. absolutely 100%. There, there's nothing hearing, wrong yeah there's nothing hearing, wrong with wanting money well no no not at all because like like you said you can do so much with money you can be like oprah right everybody gets sure. a Porsche. <laughs> yep. let's go for it um but but what's coming from here how i'm you know seeing this is the more that becomes available to us as an opportunity for us to then really reflect on who we are and whether or not it's a fit. So this example I gave or of, of like Disneyland being at your feet is like, well, how am I going to approach this for me and make it work? So um, to, to try and like really kind of articulate this is, as more things become available, 
keep coming back to self and checking in from where you're at and what is true now and what Mm -hmm. is next now. Because the more you do that, you'll never run out of opportunities and options and things like the world is a bustling abundance, right? But what you will do is strengthen your certainty to your why. And this Mm -hmm. is what you've been saying about the book. The book isn't about me at the end of the day. It's a story to serve others who are going through the same thing. And that is big part of your mission and a big part of your queer Abbey business and your, your presence online, you know, that we're seeing on the outside versus what's going on in the behind, because you want to welcome people and help them feel seen and understood so right. that they can go out and, and pass that forward in their own version in the world. Right. And the book is called Perfectly Queer, but it's not a, about that only. It's, it's not just a book for queer people. The reason why, and this is something I really debated so the perfectly part is because I am a recovering perfectionist. And mm-hmm. I think there's a whole lot of people that uh, probably feel that women particularly that mm-hmm. feel that to their cores. So I had to share the role that perfectionism played in my life. And then it was important to me to put queer on the cover mm-hmm. because there's so much energy around the word, either positive or negative. And I almost kind of want, if queer could just become a word mm-hmm. instead like mm-hmm. if, if the book was called Perfectly Lovely, there's no charge to that. Nobody would have a problem carrying around a book that says that or perfectly happy or perfectly employed, whatever, you know, it's just perfectly it's, perfect, right? Perfectly perfect. It's just descriptors <laughs> yeah. of people. Queer is just a descriptor. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean good. It doesn't mean bad. It's just a word. And I think that we can't take the charge out of the word until it becomes part of our our regular vocabulary. I mean, I love, that's why when you you yelled lesbian at the beginning of this, I was like, thank goodness, because I myself couldn't even say the word lesbian for mm-hmm. a very long time. I mean, mm-hmm. I couldn't even say gay or queer. I, I came out as I'm not straight. That was mm-hmm. as much as I could comfortably vocalize. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope to you know, if, if you are a, um, if you are not in a queer relationship or don't identify as queer, but you feel some reluctance or fear around carrying a book that says queer on it. I also feel like that gives you a little bit more insight or empathy into Mm -hmm. what it is like to be a queer person. Um, and, and just by being willing to have that word in your connected to you, even mm-hmm. if you were just showing up as an ally, like mm-hmm. it, it, it's such a strong statement to make as an ally that like, I'm, I'm fine. I can, I can comfortably be with the word queer and also know that That's it doesn't it. have to define me. That's and it. Think, yes. Yeah. Adding um, something more to who you are, but knowing where it fits. Right. Like, can you imagine if we only read books that were, specifically related to like mine would say middle-class white woman right like if I could only read those books like no I I love reading books about people who are very different than me um 
and also ones that are similar because it's mm -hmm. cool to mm -hmm. hear kind of similar stories but like yeah. I don't want anyone to think like well I can't read this book about queerness because I'm straight right. well no yeah. it's just another piece of our societal puzzle that you can get greater insight to so and that yeah that you get and create relatability create information a personal story so that we have empathy and you know just hear it from somebody else and a book is really like a non-intimidating medium versus right. listening to somebody it can be a visceral reaction and like oh I right. should be behaving in a certain way or that person said this did it a book is is private as personal you can read right. it you know just between you and the the book itself right and get something out of it and think about it without having um to declare anything outwardly. right right but if you are if there is fear around declaring it outwardly because trust me i fully get that as well yeah. there is a kindle version and actually you are, the, <laughs> you are the first person i'm sharing this with but mm -hmm. hay house just informed me that they are giving me an audiobook Oh my God, and amazing. so I am going into the recording studio in two weeks to record the audiobook. So if you can tolerate my voice for any period of time, Red there you. is an audiobook version that will be coming as well. Um, amazing. Yeah, which is really good because I, I also get that there are people who are also not in a safe place where they can carry a book sure. that says queer. Sure. Yeah. Um, or especially, I mean, gosh, when I was closeted, when I knew that I was queer, right. but wasn't out, I would not go, you would not catch me with anything that looked remotely like rainbow. Extra resistant. Right. Yeah. I felt yeah. like if I did anything that was remotely indicative that I could be a lesbian, right. like, you know, like, I'm not even going to wear flannels anymore. If somebody <laughs> will not, like, it would automatically out me. Right. So, um, that's what was really oh important that yeah. there be other ways that people could receive this book um, mm -hmm. without mm -hmm. feeling exposed mm -hmm. as well so there's that incredible yeah incredible so the book releases at the end of next month so in april yes, april 25th for lesbian visibility week the week that everybody oh, knows about and celebrates okay. like most okay. lesbians i don't know if they know about lesbian visibility week <laughs> but um yeah they will now <laughs> they will now i know i'm making it a thing Not really. um but yeah, so I'm really excited. It's available across the U.S., Canada, mm -hmm. and the U.K. And mm -hmm. um, I'm just so grateful to you to be able for us to connect today, too, because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just think it's through sharing our stories yeah. and seeing each other as people, seeing the humanity in each other and, and talking about the hard parts of life, that it's like, that's where we grow. That's where the good stuff is. And know that we're not as different as we like to think we are. Right. Absolutely. Even me and Elton John, we've got more in common <laughs> than I like to admit. But yes. Wonderful. This has been an absolute pleasure. I'm so grateful to you. And thank you for sharing your morning with me and coming on the show. And I look forward to sharing your story with my listeners and seeing the book come out. I'll be following along. You just have such a fun happy energy on social media um and it's it's really wonderful to um you know see your creativity come out that way it's it's humorous you've got very cute humor happening on there and i enjoy checking in to see what's going on thank you so much thanks have a great rest of your day you too bye, bye.